Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What is up, fight fans? We welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, like you do every single week here, talking about the beautiful, sweet science. And joining us here on the show this week, Marcos Villegas, founder of Fight Hub, the PBC on Fox unofficial scorer. He was there at the Jake Paul fight. Uh, we break down what's next for Jake Paul because he is up against the wall. And we'll also talk about the welterweight division. It's Inside Boxing Live, and it's coming up next. Our guest this week here on Inside Boxing Live, you know the face, you know the voice, Marcos Viegas, the founder of Fight Hub, PBC on Fox, uh, unofficial score, does a great job with them, and he's here with us. Uh, made it back from Cleveland in, in one piece, uh, a influencer himself, so you probably felt at home with all those uh, influencers and TikTokers, right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let me tell you, bro, it wasn't your typical boxing crowd. I, like, I enjoyed it. I thought it would, the crowd was was different than what we're used to at, at boxing events. Uh, but yeah, definitely not the crowd we're used to. Yeah, it was uh, just from watching at home and just watching the buildup. You know, the people that were, I always gauge a fight by the people that hit me up for either their my, my pick or are you watching this? Are you tuning in? It was people I hadn't heard from in years, people that I would never, ever watch uh, a, a fight were like, hey, Jake Paul this, Jake Paul that. So I mean, that's which segues into my next point is the people that watch this show, the people that listen to the show week after week, the people, the majority of the people that, that follow you and are subscribers to Fight Hub were not the target audience for this event. And it goes back to what I've been saying for a while now. This is a separate lane. You know, this is, this is yes, it is boxing, you know, in the purest form of they're in the ring and they have gloves on and all that. But this was geared towards a totally different crowd on Saturday night. And I think there are some people that want to know how this ends. There are people that don't want to see Jake Paul succeed. There are also people that are somewhat interested in how this all will play out. So therefore, I still think it's a relevant topic to discuss. I know some people have Jake Paul fatigue, but to me, it's interesting. There's layers to all this. And after we saw on Saturday night, Paul, aesthetically, it wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing fight. Do you think that the, the YouTube bubble is soon to be burst from what we saw on Saturday night? Hard to tell. I know boxing fans want it to burst already. Uh, and like you mentioned, you know, the the fight was more geared towards fans of Jake Paul, fans of, of the YouTube influencers and MMA fans, because we had an MMA guy fighting there. Uh, but, you know, it, it's hard to say. Like, Jake, I think, is and his brother Logan are like the golden standard in terms of like the YouTube boxers or, or whatever. But I, I, you know, let's be honest. That fight sucked. It was, it was a very boring fight. Um, and I, I, you know, it might come to a point where, if you know, the whole allure of Jake Paul was the knockouts, yes, exciting finishes, and, and you know, he had this underwhelming performance. Uh, if he has another one, that's when I would start getting worried, you know, and they're gonna have to make a really hard choice if he's really serious about this boxing thing. He's going to have to go the way of how real amateurs go. 
yep. and, and fight those those guys that are gonna not make it look pretty on him. Uh, you can't always knock everybody out. So I, I think this next fight's gonna be crucial. I don't think the bubble's broken yet because there's still gonna be interest, uh, both in Logan and Jake, and any yeah. other big YouTuber yeah. with competitive fights. Yeah, he's in a tough spot. He's in a he's stuck between a rock and a hard place here because you said it best. The fight had hype. The fight had buildup. The fight had attention. The fight had a raucous, energetic crowd. It had everything but the actual good fight. And I was part of me was just like hoping. I was like, man, I wish that like right now when the both fighters were in the ring, we, we could just press pause and then we could insert Javante Davis and like Tiafimo Lopez or Ryan Garcia or Devin Haney or one of the many young guys. And that's a real fight, like back and forth, back and forth. The fight was not good. You know, Jake Paul threw 23 punches around. Tyron Woodley threw 18 punches around. But what the fight did have was a little bit of drama. It had a moment that we had not seen before, and that was Jake Paul crashing into the ropes, which should have been a knockdown. That should have been a 10-8 yeah. round. Don't know if it would have affected the ending, but it had everything you wanted but the actual fight. And I actually think that Paul is, is stuck in a tough spot here because, like you said, in a normal boxing world, he would be pushed down to the undercard and you fight guys and you develop and you develop on the scene. But the only way his fight sells are, are fights with perceived threats. You know, Tyron Woodley was a perceived threat because he was a UFC star. He was UFC welterweight, blah, blah, blah. Ben Askren, same thing, a wrestler with a name. He didn't look good enough, Paul, to, to do a step up. And he can't continue to fight no names because then the fight doesn't sell. So... He's in an interesting spot, so I don't know what's next for him. I'm sure he has that team behind him. Uh, they do a really good job of, of drumming up interest and, and going back to the drawing board. What do you think would be next? Uh, you know, it, there was a reason why Tommy Fury was on the card. You know, he brings a big, massive UK audience uh, because of, you know, the reality show uh, that it was on. He's the brother, the little brother of uh, heavyweight champion Tyson Fury. You know, th they were mentioning that that fight could be next for Jake Paul. I think that fight would be competitive. I don't know if it will drum up as much interest as this fight did because Tyron is, is uh, a lot more known here in the United States. Uh, Tommy Fury is a virtually unknown here in the U.S., uh, big star in the U.K. If they decide to go and have the fight in the U.K., it would be massive. It would be big. But I think, you know, th they want to have fights here in the United States. They know that he's a draw here in the U.S. And, you know, any Jake Paul fight is going to get attention. Uh, and, and that might be the, the fight where he could potentially – have an exciting performance against a guy that also looked a little green in there uh, against Anthony Taylor, uh, against a guy that maybe you think, hey, maybe either or has a shot. You know, I, I think that's a, been a big allure of uh, these Jake Paul fights. You know, we, we didn't know what was going to happen in the Ben Askren fights. You know, we we're kind of like, what the, you know, WTF, like what's well, what can happen here? Same with this one, Tyron Woodley fight. We, we thought either, you know, someone's going to get knocked out. We don't really know what's going to happen here. I, and I think that's another big sell of it. But I, I think in terms of, of the next fight, uh, Fury or, or a Woodley rematch uh, could be next. But the Woodley rematch might be a hard sell, given how much of a dud this first one was. Yeah, it went. I mean, yes, Paul got the win and that's what's most important. But. I said this after the fight. What's really important is the aesthetics of it. It's, it's not just winning. It's how you win. It's keeping that mystery going, like you uh, said in the beginning of the knockout. Like everyone thought he had heavy hands. Man, he's knocking out UFC guys. He's knocking out uh, Nate Robinson is whatever that means. But what he wanted to happen on Saturday night, Jake Paul, he wanted a quick knockout of Woodley. He wanted Tyson, uh, Tyson. He wanted Tommy Fury 
and no, that wouldn't be really good. good. Yeah, Tyson Fury would would probably uh, send his head into the front row. But this is what Paul wanted on Saturday night. He wanted a quick knockout for himself. He wanted Tommy Fury to have a quick knockout. So there was a hype trade. There was some they could hedge his bets there. That's the next fight. He was on that card for a reason. What Jake Paul got was a decision. He got pushed up against the ropes. He got uh, hurt. Uh, he did not look good. Every minute that went on in that fight, I think you, he became more and more exposed because you got to see him. And then Fury just looked so underwhelming where you can't even make that fight. Uh, the fight also was a dud where you can't really make the Woodley fight. Man, uh, I'm very interested into how Fury uh, or how uh, Jake Paul, uh, you know, wins these PR battles and is able to market himself. I find it very fascinating. So I'm going to sit back and watch on what he does next, because where does he go from here? It's very interesting. I'll give the kid props, man. Uh, regardless of, of like what we think of him boxing, he has smart people around him and, he, and he's smart and he's figured out a way to drum up attention and figure out a way to make a lot of money. Uh, and, and I give him props for that because I haven't figured that out. <laughs> Me or you have not figured that out yet. Uh, so I, I think they'll, they'll find a way to spin this. They'll find uh, the right next opponent. Uh, I think that will be interesting, uh, but it's going to, come a time in a place where he's going to have to really think if he's serious about this. Uh, and and I, I just can't see a way where he avoids taking that path that amateurs uh, that turn into contenders that turn into title contenders and world champions take is, you know, that, that process of they're, they're fighting, you know, random guys and in, in, in places to, to build up that experience. I just, I don't see a way of him avoiding that. Yeah. That's another aspect of it. You can't. You I mean you can't go from main event, million dollar pay per view. The Rock is tweeting about it. You got Dave Chappelle front row to fighting on the first card of the night when we show up at the arenas uh, for our our times. And it's guys like, oh, let's take a look at this guy, three and zero, two knockouts. Let's see what he's got. Yeah, he's in an interesting spot, and uh, you know a lot of people want to see him fail, and they think it's a con, and eventually the con's going to play out. I was on the other end where this is fun. You know, I, I like to see how this this goes on because I don't think it's uh, hurt hurts boxing. I don't think it helps boxing. It's just a separate thing that I that I, I found funny, but some of the names out there, I was thinking like if the Fury fight, if Fury would have knocked out his, his opponent and that fight international in the UK would be hilarious. Jake Paul, the international heel running around Fury involved, the whole new audience in the UK that would be, you know, wanting to see this brash American. That was something there. Maybe they can somehow drum that up, but it seems like he likes this UFC formula. And the reason he fought Askren and the reason he fought Woodley is because they're no longer under contract from the UFC. The reason why Oscar De La Hoya is not fighting George St. Pierre because he's still under the contract with the UFC. There's only there's a reason why he's fighting these close to 40-year-old uh, former UFC guys. So that kind of rules out Nate Diaz, who I think would be awesome fight. Uh, drum of a ton of attention. Diaz can stand in trade. He's got a good chin, but he's under that ironclad UFC contract. Yeah, you know, you really, you know, uh, hit the nail on the head there. He, you know, in terms of MMA fighters, he might be limited, but also too, you know, I, I think there might be fatigue setting in at some point where people are going to be like, man, like stop picking on these MMA fighters, like yeah. fight a real boxer. And, and, you know, that, that started with the Nate Robbins immediately after the Nate Robinson fight, you know, you would see the comments, um, the, the Twitter takes from people and, and they all say fight a, a real boxer. I, I get it in terms of his opponents. You know, he never had an amateur career. He, he needs to build up a body of work. You know, he needs to get, that valuable in-ring experience uh, as well. But 
you know, it, it could be where he, he might turn to other YouTubers again uh, to get, you know, the, the, the excitement back, the knockout uh, percentage back up. And, and, you know, the only guy that kind of comes into the picture would be KSI because you know, him and his older brother had a, a really successful event back in L.A. a, a few years ago. Uh, you know, so I would think there would be a lot of interest there as well. But, yeah, he, he's in an interesting spot, Dan. Uh, you know, th th this is interesting. Like you mentioned, it's, it is its own thing that's kind of like a hybrid type thing because he is including, you know, real boxing fights. And, and I do like the fact that someone like a, an Amanda Serrano, who was the Komen event, got a lot more eyes on her, um, you know, regardless of, of the trainer and, and the little rant that he had. Uh, in the post-fight interview, guys like Montana Love um, are able to show their skills. So I, I like that part, you know, but uh, it's so weird, man. It's, it's very <laughs> it is. It is. And I think we've done a pretty decent job of keeping the fans at home uh, where it is right now, where it could go. Yes, I do agree. Like yeah, Montana Love, I think, benefited the most out of anyone that's ever been put on a one of these YouTuber, celebrity, blah, 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 undercards. He benefited the most because I never heard of the guy. I follow sport every, every you know, week in, week out. And now he's being discussed in the 140-pound title picture. That's great for him, like we said with Serrano, making a career-high payday and, and all that. I think he does more good than harm, Paul, whether it's bringing attention to, uh, you know, the UFC fighter pay, whether it's the, you know, boxing fighter pay, whether it's the now Logan Paul tweeting about the judges. These are all good things. I There is some good to come out of it, but... Uh, you know, time is ticking. The sand is, is draining out of that hourglass in terms of uh, interest and intrigue in Jake Paul. But I have a feeling he's going to find a way to keep reinventing himself uh, time after time. Other side of things, we're going to talk about some purse bids, the welterweight division, the elder statesman, the young blood coming up. Stay tuned. All right, Marcos, we got a purse bid coming up and we're going to be able to watch it. You have to go find your uh, Facebook password, type it in, go to the WO, WBO website, or because Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter are going to purse bid, and it's going to be able to be viewed by the masses. And by the time this podcast is out, depending on when you listen to it, you're either going to know who won the purse bid, uh, or, you, or if you're listening uh, before it, we can sit here and guess. My guess here. Marcos, is that I think this is PBC's fight to lose. What do you stand? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, man. You got Triller out there, you know, and they surprised everybody with the, the Lopez Cambosis thing, though. That kind of didn't really work out for them. Yeah. But um, it's, it's whoever comes with, with the highest bid, but I would not be surprised if this ends up being like a joint thing between ESPN and Fox and then third on pay-per-view. I think that's the fairest thing. Uh, but wouldn't that have that wouldn't that have meant that they would have made a deal? It wouldn't have gone to the bid then. Yeah, that that, that is true. Unless they they come in, uh, and they both you know look at it and be like, hey, we could end up losing a, a fight that would be tremendous because that that is a tremendous fight between Porter mm -hmm. and Crawford. That that is a premium fight. Uh, I highly doubt it that that fight doesn't go to pay per view. To be honest. You know, I, I can't see it being on, on network Fox or on, on network ESPN. And I, I'm pretty sure, you know, that the promoters, this is their fighter. They don't want to see them end up on another network. They don't want to see that fight end up on the zone. They don't want to see that fight end up on Triller. So I, I, it's surprising me that it's gone to a bid, but 
it's because of the purses, you know, they're, 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 they're asking they're, for a lot conservative with what they want to pay the guys. But I think at the end of the day, just my, not my hunch, but I, I, I think, you know, I would not be surprised if it ends up being like a co a co-op type thing. If it was a co-op type thing, you would maybe at the 11th hour deal is struck between top rank and PBC. They're talking about December 18th uh, for the date. There aren't many dates. I mean, the fall schedule is, is filling up as we speak, you know, but December would be perfect. December 18th, that's a big fight. And you're right. I do think it's a pay-per-view because both guys asking prices for this fight are very exorbitant. You know, Terrence Crawford is making $4 million per fight if he fights me or you. Uh, Porter has got to the point where he is a pretty much a name in, in the boxing world where he deserves four, four, five million. That's 10 million right there in the pot. And then you throw in the fact with top rank in Crawford, they don't have a, a, the greatest relationship right now. And, and Aram, you know, didn't uh, make a deal for, uh, for this fight. Uh, I don't want to guess too much because some people are going to be listening by the time we figure it out. So you can either look back and laugh at us. I think PBC uh, will, will get it. We'll get the, the fight. I don't think Matchroom uh, will do it because Matchroom USA is in a very tough spot right now. They're canceling fights. They're not putting on fights. September 18th with Mikey Garcia uh, against what wasn't going to be pro gray, but that fights off, you know, their focus right now is on the international market. And I also think that Triller has buyer's remorse big time from this Tiofimo Lopez, George Cambosos mess, but all in all, we're going to see the fight. Uh, this is one aspect that fans enjoy is the business side, but I think we get that fight. I mean, I don't see how we don't. Let's no, I, I could also strips see it, the belt. I could also see it being on Fox too. Now that I think of it uh, as well, uh, because you know it's, it's no surprise. There's been a little bit of tension between Aram and uh, Terrence Crawford. Uh, we've seen rumors that this could potentially um, his contract with Top Rank could potentially be up by the end of the year. Uh, and, and you know, everybody in the welterweight division that's left for Terrence to fight is over on that PBC side. So, you know, maybe this, this could be the, the, the start of the, the courtship of getting Terrence Crawford over to that PBC side uh, so that we could finally see these, these welterweights go up against uh, Terrence Crawford. It, it would be great for him and great for the sport to yeah. finally see Crawford versus Thurman Crawford versus Garcia Crawford versus Spence which is the big one, the one that we really want to see. Right, Crawford, even you got to throw Ugas in there, which is a perfect segue to what I want to get into is the welterweight division right now is interesting because for years it's been the glamour division in boxing and it still has some of the biggest names. But with Pacquiao, uh, maybe he retires, maybe he doesn't, but no longer a driving force in a division with Ugas emerging, with Spence out indefinitely. It's now Crawford. Uh, it's now Porter. It's now Ugas as the elder statesman, the guys that are over 30. But you got Virgil Ortiz. You got Boots Ennis. And then this weekend fighting over in the U.K., Connor Ben. And then over here in the U.S., uh, Jesus Ramos, who is a knockout stud, only 20 years old. So there is a lot of young blood moving their way up uh, into this into the picture at, at the welterweight division. Yeah, no, there is. It's uh, It's weird in a way because... You know, the era of, of Manny, the era of Floyd is like finally done, I think, in, in, in my book, at least, you know, like they're they're no longer the the, the guys at 147 pounds. Yeah. You know, for, for the longest time, you could you could have said that. But, you know, Manny was still giving, you know, Thurman, he beat Thurman, you know, Manny still beats a lot of guys. But, yeah, it, you know, guys like Virgil Ortiz, guys like uh, Jerron Ennis uh, look to be like they're going to be the guys these next 10 years, the, the guys that are carrying the torch. Um, and, you know, we want to see them mix, mix it up with, with the guys that we mentioned, Thurman Porter, all those guys, yep. you know, and those guys are going to be moving up in weight too. Eventually. I think Danny's already the first one 
that has stated that he's going to move up to 154 pounds. You know, these guys are all big guys. Yeah, it's a perfect opportunity, Marcus. In a perfect world, if, if boxing was had its rankings and boxing is the most imperfect sport of any of them when it comes to the business side of things. But you have these young guys and you need someone to put them over. You have a you know four or five names in the welterweight division that have been fighting each other for years. The elder statesmen, I'm calling them, of, of the welterweight division. But they haven't even all fought each other yet. But uh, it's interesting to see. We're going to see Conor Ben in action. We're going to see uh, Jesus Ramos, uh, Boots Ennis is fighting uh, Thomas DeLorme in October. We just saw Virgil Ortiz. There is some new blood. The division needs new blood. They need to uh, push their way up to the top uh, and then maybe, you know, put some pressure on these top guys. But yeah, look at Floyd. Floyd fought this in June and then Pacquiao fought uh, in August and they both did not look good. And uh, and you're right. They, they don't exactly rule the divisions, but they hovered over it. They were hovering over it. Uh, they were the two most identifiable fighters of the last 10, 15 years. That's Floyd and, and Manny. But uh, as we know in boxing, there's always someone else always emerges, and uh, there are some good names at uh, 147. Before we let you go, Marcos, uh, there's three big pay-per-views or three big fights coming up uh, the next three months. September, we got Usyk and Joshua. Uh, October, we got Wilder and Fury 3. And then November, we got Canelo uh, and Plant. You can only buy one pay-per-view. You can only, you know, put your, your funds together for one exorbitantly priced pay-per-view. Which one is it? Mm, that's a Even good though question. Joshua Usyk isn't on pay per view, I, I get that. Yeah, but well, Joshua Usyk's not on pay per view. Uh, but just I say think, it is. I think, ah, oh, man, like, all right, in all of those fights, the guy you think is going to win is expected to win. Us, uh, Usyk is not expected to beat Joshua, though he can win. Uh, maybe a little bit undersized, but he can win. Wilder is not expected to beat Tyson Fury. Caleb Plant is not expected to beat Canelo. But of all of those three, if I had to put, throw some money, throw some change at this uh, pay-per-view machine, uh, I would buy Canelo versus Caleb Plant. And I'll tell you why. I think out of all those opponents, he actually has a better shot than any of them because Caleb has the skills. He has the goods uh, to give Canelo a very, very complicated fight. And I think it's going to be a very competitive fight. Uh, Wilder versus Fury 3. The first two fights... We saw how Fury was. Fury's going to fight the way he, he's going to fight in the second fight, you know? And if it goes that way, it's it's not going to – it's going to end quick. Either either or. Either Fury's going to get caught or Wilder's going to catch him. And I, I think people are completely counting out Deontay Wilder. Like, that guy still has megaton bombs in, in his fist, and he can put anybody out, any heavyweight out on any given night. Oh, you're selling me hard on this Wilder-Fury one. I think I'm buying <laughs> that one. <laughs> Usyk and Joshua. Usyk's a little undersized. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to have the punching power to take out Anthony Joshua, but, you know, he, he, maybe he can go ahead and get the upset. But for me, Canelo always brings the show. He always brings the atmosphere. He always brings the pageancy. He, he is, you know, one of the, the main faces of the sport. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing my 70, 80 bucks towards Canelo and Caleb Plant. Yeah, that's a good one. It's going to be good. I, I agree that's going to be a competitive fight. The only thing I think the plant lacks is is the one the two things that you need to beat Canelo is is power and and uh, volume. But I do think it's going to be a lot more competitive than people are, are saying. Not going to be some some whitewash uh, uh, type of win for for Canelo. But moral of the story: we got huge fights coming up. The summer kind of disappointed. We had a, it was supposed to be a big summer and it and flopped. It's not 
for reasons you know out of our, our control with COVID and injuries. But this fall is looking really, really good. Boxing world is buzzing as always. You don't have to be so negative and say that it isn't because if you take a look at everything going around, uh, things are, are happening. That is a wrap for this week here on Inside Boxing Live. Thank you, Marcos Vegas, for joining me here. And uh, we'll see you next week on another edition.